Let's go! Welcome to Sunday's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mason Poss. And I'm your co-host, Jake Nagy. This is the season preview episode of Sunday's Finest Pod. We're going to be doing a bit of a deep dive into all 14 teams in the league. See where they rank in our uh, aggregate rankings. Mason and I uh, have been able to digest some of our hot takes. Uh, some teams we're more excited about. Some teams we are considerably less excited about. Some yeah. teams are, are uh, yeah, we're, they're still right where we where we thought they were. But we're going to dive deep into each team. So uh, so join us. But Mason, we've got some housekeeping first. Uh, yeah. That starts off. Yeah, just a little bit of housekeeping. So this is the the first of us going regular. Um, from here on out, we're going to be doing, um, a pod every two weeks. Um, we'll try and aim in, um, recording Tuesday nights and then getting out either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning for y'all's commutes. Um, and yeah, I don't, until there's, unless there's a, some kind of change into our schedule, we'll let you guys know. Um, other thing is, is that one of the suggestions we got um, on the feedback was to do questions live on the air, and we think that's a great idea. So starting with the next pod, we'll um, get some questions from you guys, the listeners, and uh, we'll answer them on the air towards the end of the pod. Um, so yeah, go ahead and start sending those in. You can just text me or Jake um, or uh, just DM the Instagram too. Um, we're going to try and team up with Trent as much as possible to spread the word and um yeah, do housekeeping things like questions and stuff like that with him. Um, other than that, I don't think I got anything else. Um, how you feeling, Jake? Feeling good, man. It is it's football season. College football is already underway. We are uh, at the time of recording, just about forty eight hours away from NFL kickoff. Feels like feels like Christmas. It's a great time of year. Uh, I'm excited. We've got uh, the new uh, Twitter account created by Jacob Morris to uh, start alerting us of some trade rumors. I know they're already swirling a little bit. Uh, figured this would be a good time to go ahead and announce our uh, Blue Ribbon Award winner for the week. Again, this is uh, given out to someone who did something excellent that is worth absolutely nothing. And the Blue Winner Award winner for this week is Alex Lott for drafting <laughs> Tony Pollard. Yeah. Who, as in the time of recording, appears to be completely irrelevant <laughs> yeah yeah uh, six years 90 million is what i've seen coming down the pipe for zeke and uh yeah as mason and i were kind of talking about where we ranked each of the teams obviously uh hunter and trent were a team uh their value is pretty tied to zeke and this right. is good news for them yeah it's good not for them. much for alex yeah exactly i mean just as a football fan too i've been sitting over here sweating bullets just <laughs> wanting zeke to play because I think the Cowboys have have you know the pieces to make a make a run this year. We'll see how deep they can go, but yeah, excited about that. Good for him. Good to get his money. So it just makes the game more fun. Happy about it. Um, you want to go ahead and dive in? We got a lot to get to. Fourteen teams Let's. to talk about. So you want to just uh, get in? I think that. Uh, um, I think it's fun. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, start from the bottom and go up. How's that sound? Sounds great. Without further ado, number fourteen. In the Sunday's finest preseason rankings goes to drumroll, maybe a button. Actually, might be a little bit more appropriate. Number fourteen, <laughs> Jackson Humphrey. Yeah. Uh, Mason, why don't you why don't you talk to us a little bit about Jackson's squad? 
Yeah, so first a little bit about like how we're doing this. I mean, I th- so we have like just kind of averaged our rankings um, from bottom to top, and if like there's points where we disagree, we'll we'll zoom in on those things. But I think Jackson is somebody where we were both kind of in agreement with. Um, we both have him ranked down at the bottom. Um, it's tough um, because uh, it's tough to draft a guy who literally retires in the middle of the draft. Um, that was an early value for uh, for Jackson, and, and we we send our condolences to him. We do. Um, but even outside of that, I, I mean, there's not much for me to get excited about. I feel like Mixon's maybe one of the one of the not as desirable keepers, um, and then like you know. Kenny Galladay and Mike Evans are pretty good, but outside of that, I don't, I don't really see a whole lot. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I actually came up with a nickname for for each team uh, for our season preview, and I call Jackson's team the uh, the Phantom Menace team because, uh, like the Phantom Menace episode one of Star Wars, the first time I watched it, I, I really enjoyed it, and now every time I watch it, it feels a little bit worse. Uh, <laughs> Every time I look at Jackson's team, I, I'm like, ooh, I'm not, not as much of a fan as I was the last time mm-hmm. I looked at it. And again, it sucks, man. You, you, you pick luck. I think a lot of people thought he could be one of the top three QBs this year. And right. it screwed before the draft is even over with one mm-hmm. of your top six picks. It's, that's a tough break. Um, I believe, if I saw correctly today, uh, Giovanni Bernard just signed an a extension with Cincinnati. So, uh, mm-hmm. again, Joe Mixon is, is not one of the probably top keepers in the league. And when you combine that with some bad luck in the draft. And I, I w- what I would say is maybe um, some riskier picks here or there. Uh, Montgomery could be a beast for Chicago. Um, and, and you and I could look like fools <laughs> ranking him 14th if Montgomery was no, yeah. a, a But I, I, don't, I don't see that happening, especially not – from the beginning of the season on. And right. so if, if he heats up, um, that's great. But I don't see Jackson getting off to the start um, that's going to really sustain him for the time that it takes for Montgomery to really take over. So yeah. for me, the Hinch player – oh, go ahead. No, yeah, two timeshares. I mean, for the three running backs, like, I mean, you got to imagine Tevin Coleman, David Montgomery don't get more than, you know, 60% of the snaps. That just doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. Now, I like Vance McDonald, and I can see him getting targets and, and points. And if he's like this year's Josh Kittle, like, you know, or sorry, George Kittle, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we could see Jackson finish above last. But as of right now, I mean, just the ex- expectations you have, it doesn't look good. Go ahead, though, about the hinge player. Yeah, I was going to say, for each team, we'll, we'll focus a little bit on maybe a, a potential hinge player. For me, I would say, in my mind, Jackson's hinge player is Kenny Galladay. And you and I discussed this a little bit. Um, I think he's got to prove that he's not a one-hit wonder. Um, right. There have been some outlying numbers that, honestly, are similar to Calvin Johnson uh, early in his career in Detroit. <laughs> I think that's kind of an absurd comparison, though, just to be frank. He mm. is nowhere near the talent level, the size the jump, the, the bandwidth of, of Megatron. And right. I just don't think the Lions, uh, I mean, Matt Stafford is not who he once was and who he once was was not even that good. So mm-hmm. I, I just, yeah. I don't see this being a, a guy who can really carry him deep. But yeah. if Jackson's team is going to turn around, it would, I think, be largely because of Gallagher. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That's, that's a good take. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on the unfortunate man, um, Mr. Vance Dance? Or are we going to move on? <laughs> It's got a great logo. I like yeah, the little guy. It's a, it's a good logo, good team name, but you know, there's no awards for good team names in this league. Um, this is true. This is true. Um, 
Okay, so moving on, uh, uh, a person that I, we uh, have some agreement over as well. At first, there was some uh, difference in our rankings, but as of um, recently, some new news um, about that person's players. Um, unfortunately, in 13th, we have uh, Stefan Albiero. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about why you were high on him and then that brought him down? Yeah, so actually, uh, on our original rankings that we did about four days ago, uh, I had ranked Steph 6th or 7th, I think. Yeah, you had him uh, up there. Yeah, and bumped him down to like 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may feel like a uh, a bit of a drastic shift for just a potential difference in playing time for Damian Williams. But honestly, I think there's a bit more to it than that. Um, looking at Steph's team, I think, number one, <laughs> obviously Damian Williams could now be and a three back, a three down, three different guys in the, that backfield fighting for time. I said it in the group meet. I don't think Lashawn McCoy gets paid four million dollars to come in and just catch passes. Um, right. I think Damian could be right quite a bust. And even mm-hmm. as you're looking at it, I mean Marlon Mack, who was also drafted before the Luck news. I think his value plummets quite a bit um, without without Luck around. Um, so it's more than just the Damian Williams thing. Um, but I just, outside of Devonte Adams, man, I, I, there's not a lot that excites me about this team. I don't know mm-hmm. what he's... Yeah, there's, there's not a lot here. Like you said, like, like even if Shady, all Shady does is catch passes in Kansas City, that's a significant amount of value for the Kansas City running backs. Like, you take a guy that, you know, wasn't a high-volume player to begin with and take away, like, at least, like, four to five of his touches, and then all of a sudden you're looking at a guy who could have been an RB1 to now, like, a flex play. And that's his first-round pick, and you lose so yeah. much value there. It's just it's it's just hard to recover from that. Um, obviously, you love De- Devontae Adams. And then I like, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I like Eckler a lot. Like, I think Me he's going to catch a lot of passes in, in, a, in a good offense. But, you know, there's not really a WR2 here. There's not really, like, a clear star running back. Um, and then, I don't know about you, but I've watched Lamar Jackson throw the football, and I don't think that Mark Andrews is going to even finish in the top 15 of tight ends. So, I just, yeah, not not a lot to get excited about here. Yeah. Any more thoughts? I am a little nervous because the nickname I gave to Steph's team, and not every team is a Star Wars nickname, but I gave him the Rise of Skywalker team <laughs> because I've got really high hopes. This is what I wrote five days ago. I've got really high hopes, but it could be a bust. And yeah. I'm really hoping <laughs> that for Steph's sake and for all of us Star Wars fans' sake that uh, that's not how it goes, that this isn't a bust, but I think there's already a bit of a bad omen, some bad luck for Steph. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I, I'm, I'm also high on Eckler, um, but... I would worry if I was him that Justin Jackson's going to take time away, that Naheem Hines is going to take away from Marlon Mack. Mm-hmm. Like Devontae Adams is the only trustworthy piece I see on this roster. Like you said, even QB and tight end, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not real high on Andrews, and I think Carson Wentz is a stud when he's healthy, but uh, yeah. that doesn't happen very often. So Yeah, I, I can see value at a Wentz. Like, I yeah. really like the Eagles' offense, and all, by all accounts, they're kind of flying in preseason. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just don't think that almost any player at quarterback is going to move the needle for me to, like, really like a team or dislike a team. I just think that, you know, quarterbacks are a bit like a dime a dozen in our league. So Yeah, Robbie Anderson being healthy and connecting well with Sam Darnold would be – something I think Steph would need to rely on right now. Um, I don't see Fuller 
having a monster numbers in Houston with Nuke already being there, and they just brought mm-hmm. in Kenny Stills, and I think yeah. Nuke's going to be the number one guy. So unfortunately, he has Stills and Fuller on his team. I think they'll both take a little bit of a hit. So I think mm-hmm. Robbie Anderson's got to be a good piece there, and and I think Steph would be in a spot where he could could really benefit from a good early start from Damian or a Marlon Mack or an Eckler and try mm-hmm. to see if you can't use utilize one of those guys as a trade piece and uh, and kind of reorient his team a little bit. But yeah, yeah that's yeah. Steph, Steph yeah. hashtag secure the bag coming in at number 13. Right, yeah. Uh, a guy that has been unlucky on all accounts by all the preseason moves by the teams that, um, that have been making moves. Uh, moving on to the next person, the first one that we have kind of significant de- disagreement on, mm-hmm. um, and that's uh, the last place finisher from last year, Mr. Andrew Fry. Um, talk to me about why you are a bit higher on him than I am. Yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't consider Andrew to be. Uh, he's not one of my top six teams. I didn't have him as like a, a team. I think will make the playoffs. Um, but his team is, uh, it's better than I thought. I, I'm calling him the white claw team. Uh, I have low <laughs> expectations, but it's getting better every time. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, so as I look at Andrew's team, I think, you know, on the hot takes episode, we ro- we kind of roasted him a little bit for the Royce Freeman at RB2. That hasn't, that nothing's changed. That's still not, that's not why I'm a little higher on him. The reason I'm higher on him is because I think Keenan Allen is po- poised for a great season, specifically with, you know, um, Things changing at running back. I think Keenan Allen will have a great year. Julian Edelman, there's no more Gronk. The guy's consistent. He's an ideal wide receiver, too. I think Hunter Henry's in for a great season. Could be uh, top three, top four finisher at tight end. Um, DJ Moore, Mm -hmm. I think, is one of the stronger flex players. Christian Kirk is sitting on his bench. I mean, he's got some serious wide receiver depth. Uh, And and really kind of what I said, I think 100% the worry is his RB2. Right. His RB2 in the league. But he's got great wide receiver depth. And what I put as his hinge player is whoever he trades for. Because if this right. is for 13 weeks, he's not going to have a good season. But I think he's got enough wide receiver depth to make a move and still have a pretty good team. So mm-hmm. uh, you're, Yeah, you're he not... certainly could you know, parlay somebody um, and, and, and make a move to shore up that RB2 spot. And then I would have a different take. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I think we both identify that as the biggest weakness. Yeah. Tell me, tell me why, though, you think that that's... You've got him ranked 13 out of 14. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I could be, I guess, convinced to bring that up a little bit. You know, you like Baker, um, the value that he's got there. I don't think there's going to be anything bad there. My, my issues, though, are, are more his top players. Like, I like Edelman. I like Henry. DJ Moore, it could be a coin flip for me. There hasn't really been, like, a productive wide receiver in the Carolina offense for, what, like two or three years. So I, sure. I think that's more of an indictment of Carolina than it is um dj Moore, but for me the 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 big players are the worries here and i think it's because like devonta freeman you look at the guy had that wonderful year what three years ago but then Mm -hmm. since then it's just like durability issues was out for almost the whole season last year and then even when he's healthy like you know he's like a 15 touch 16 touch guy and like there's always been another running back in that offense to get like decent volume and then also i mean keaton allen like finish the year on a freaking tear but people completely forget that for the first eight weeks of the season the man didn't sniff like the top 25 wide receivers for 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 the for entire first half and, right. and i'm not saying that like you know he doesn't have the talent to continue <laughs> what he did at the end of last year but there's a lot of mouths to feed there there's keenan allen 
there's Mike Williams, there's Hunter Henry, and then you got to imagine that Eckler is going to catch passes. And like all of a sudden, like I'm looking at a guy that, you know, is basically, I think that was his first round pick and I, I don't, I'm not as excited about him. Well, I feel a little bit like Andrew's lawyer right now because I was just trying to fit my rebuttal in because you were making some good points and I was starting to be swayed myself a little bit. But <laughs> here's the thing. Would you rather have a Keenan Allen or would you rather have an Adam Thielen? Uh, one guy has a hot start and finishes pretty cold. The other guy is trying to find his footing in an offense that was changing a bit and really caught on at the end of the season and I think is trending in the right direction. Mind you, with a guy, Melvin Gordon, who's – I don't think playing for the Chargers this season, probably ever for the rest of his career, there's going to be more targets there. And yeah, some might go to Eckler, some might go to Mike Williams, but Keenan Allen is the top target, period, on this offense. And honestly, the only guy who I think might steal touchdowns away from him is Hunter Henry, who he also has. So the Chargers are a good team. I think he's going to score points. I'm looking at some of these point totals from weeks 9 to 14 last season. Keenan Allen posted 21, 17, 24, 20, 36 and 18. Yeah. If that guy can put up those numbers, that's five touchdowns in six weeks. I I, I think he's got a better player there than maybe you're giving him credit for. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he was a bona fide psychopath for the second half of the season. (laughs) Like, there's there's no question about that. I just, like, you you gave the comparison of Thielen. And honestly, I'd I'd probably rather have Thielen. Like, I I think that, like, Allen is, you know, a good football player, good offense. But, like, like I said, there's there's a more realistic path, I think, for Adam Thielen to have a larger target share of that offense than than Keenan Allen would. I'm um, not saying he's going to be bad, but is he going to finish top 10? I don't know. And if you can't hit on your first round pick, you I mean, we've seen what that happens with that with our uh, with our 14 team league. You know, there's just not a lot of depth. It's true. It's true. Well, we'll get into Thielen a little bit more later. Any other thoughts on uh, on Mr. Fry's team? I, I got nothing. You want to move us along? Let's move along. Number 11, Mason, who do we got? We got um, uh, the uh, first duo um, in our rankings, and that's uh, Jacob Morris and Zach Ladavasa. Um, <laughs> so uh, you want to talk to me about why you have them there? Yeah, so I think uh, this is a team that, if I'm not mistaken, we both had ranked at number 11. Yeah, and they come yeah. at number 11 uh, overall. Uh, you know, I kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit on this team, um, but I, I, the name I gave them, was uh, the Killmonger team. I know their team is Saquanda forever, but mm. uh, Killmonger, who I think, shout out to one of the, the best villains, uh, I, I think the best villain in the Marvel yeah. Marvel canon. Uh, but here's the problem with Killmonger. It's kind of one man versus them all. Uh, and I feel like that's a bit what's going on here. It's Saquon, and uh, and he's kind of strengthened a little bit in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a lot of... Uh, uh, some high ceilings on this team, if, yeah. if this makes sense. I think that if all of these guys play up to their potential, this is a team that ranks considerably higher than 11. Mm-hmm. Granted, we could probably say that about most teams, right? If all of our guys played as good as they could, right, have a pretty good team. But, I, you know, Lamar is hyped by a lot of people. I think he's probably going to break the rushing QB record away from Michael Vick. Mm-hmm. But the guy does not have uh, an arm that I think I would trust to start week in, week out. And right. they've got Brady, so maybe there is something there. But uh, outside of Saquon, man, I'm not a fan of Mark Ingram uh, in Baltimore. I Maybe they're just hoping that they're going to rush uh, the end zone, one of those two guys, a lot and get a lot of touchdowns. But, mm-hmm. again, I just mentioned this to you. Not a big fan of Thielen. Um, T.Y., uh, I, I think, takes quite a dip. Um, because of Andrew Luck, 
Um, Philip Lindsay's my boy. Love the guy. Hope that he has a good season for them. But I see him regressing. I think you're you're probably even lower on Philip Lindsay than I am. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's right. I mean, I think like you know, I, I kind of arrived at the same place on on this team as you did. Um, definitely has some potential to be better than than what it just looks like on the surface. Um, but I think like my reasons are a bit different than yours. I I obviously like I said was being an Adam Thielen apologist, uh, so I like him. And obviously Saquon is good. And I think Lamar is going to do better than people are giving him credit for right now. But like you said, T.Y. Hilton takes a hit. I think like all the signs are pointing to a committee in Denver with Lindsay. So it's just there's a lot of loss value there. Um, And then also um, I've already seen reports on Twitter about or from from sports writers about how um, uh, Justice Hill um, has carved a roll out for himself in the Baltimore offense. I mean, they're going to run the ball like 35 times a game, but like Mark Ingram isn't going to run, you know, 21, 22, and he's certainly not going to catch a whole lot of passes. So like you're looking at one of those dudes that's like 16 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown if you're lucky. And so that's a that's a weak run at RB2 in my opinion. And then past that, there's just like not depth. Like there's, there's nobody on the bench I'm excited about at all. Um would yeah. you agree or disagree with that? I mean, Corey Davis, I think, is probably on one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Tyrell Williams is one guy that does intrigue me a little bit. I mean, if, if Antonio Brown continues the drama of the offseason into the regular season, I don't know if Derek Carr's got a whole lot of other guys to throw the ball to. So that's mm-hmm. a little bit of a sleeper pick I can see there. Um, obviously, they got... They got screwed on the uh, David and Joku non non selection in the draft, mm-hmm. <laughs> running out of time because they had picked somebody who was already drafted. Classic. Um, obviously, um, I'm hoping Kareem Hunt doesn't turn into anything. And uh, something, some news I was excited about this week is uh, the NFL um, said that Kareem Hunt's not even allowed to practice or weightlift or be around team facility for the entire time that um, he's suspended. So you're looking at like nine weeks before the guy even gets to like you know see his teammates i don't know if they're allowed right. to like snapchat each other probably roger goodell took cream hunt's phone away and i'm <laughs> out i don't know yeah exactly uh, he also had surgery so it's like what's the guy gonna do after nine weeks he comes back hasn't been with his team coming off of surgery uh i mean i i just didn't really get uh I, there wasn't anything there. i i wasn't gonna draft him period and we took chubb first overall so right, right. Uh, or second overall so I, I i'm not not big on that pick hoping no. that he doesn't come back and carve out a role for himself around playoff time yeah, but yeah, uh for sure yeah no nothing to add here i think yeah you you you've hit the points on kareem hunt and then also on their on their bench um uh any other was, thoughts before you want to move on yeah my, my one thought about saquon man is um I was listening to a podcast before the season started and they were talking about the amount of times that Saquon ran against a stacked box when Odell was in the lineup mm-hmm. versus when Odell was not in the lineup. And his stats are pretty pretty different depending on whether Odell was or wasn't in the lineup, mm-hmm. which makes sense. I mean, you know, if you're running into four or five guys at the line, there's only so much you can do. And mm-hmm. that is the reality for him. Uh, there's no more Odell. Uh, there's no more, I mean, the Sterling Shepard is the best option that either Eli Manning or Daniel Jones has to throw to other than Saquon. Man, I, he might be the most talented player in the NFL, but I just, I, 
I think that uh, he could run into a brick wall right. nine out of ten plays, and yeah. they may not get the value out of him that they want. Yeah, yeah, you have to have running room when you're a running back. Like, you know, you could be the best player in the world, but if you don't have an offense that's giving you holes, you're not going to get anywhere. Totally. Um, yeah, I could see a, a bit of a regression from him. Obviously, he's still one of the best in the game, um, For sure. taking nothing away from him. Um, but, yeah, I, I yeah, would agree but- with that. If Zeke comes, if Zeke signs and is fit, if McCaffrey and Kamara are all sitting there, I would imagine Saquon finishes fourth out of those four guys. Now he's probably fourth running back overall if he stays healthy. Um, sure. But I think Kamara, Zeke, and McCaffrey are all on better offenses with a lot more guys to kind of spread the ball around and spread the defense around. And so mm-hmm. I could see some regression there. But yeah. I mean, if RB four is the regression you're looking at in a worst case scenario, you're probably okay. Not bad, of course. Um, yeah, so just uh, a team that we're both see positives in, but are not yeah. super high on. Uh, moving on to the next player, um, the next owner that we have ranked. This is another one that we had some significant difference on, a difference yeah. of four spots. I had him at eight, still missing the playoffs, and you had him down all the way at 12. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Connor Paws. Yeah, it, it's a complete turn on its head from where we were during the hot takes. <laughs> um, right. When I said Connor was a playoff team and you had him about dead last, I think we, we completely reversed course as it's far true. as uh, who thinks what. Um, I'm calling Connor the uh, Luke Skywalker team. There were some great days, but I think I think it's the end of an era. Uh, I just I'm not not a fan of this roster. The more that I look at it, you and I talked about this. I think in the very first podcast. Uh-huh. I really liked where uh, John and Jacob sat in the draft as far as right. having a top two running back and drafting at the end of the draft. But mm-hmm. with Connor having Julio as his keeper, um, getting to the end of the draft, I just don't I don't see anyone who can really carry his team to a championship. Mm-hmm. And Connor's teams have always been good. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong and he makes the playoffs, but I would be shocked if this roster carries him to a, a a championship run. Um, I'm mm-hmm. honestly a, a big fan of Chris Carson where he took him. I know Connor wasn't super pleased with that himself. Yeah. Uh, that's actually what I like. And then the things that he likes about his team, I'm not a fan of, not a fan of Darius Geis. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. Trey Burton, like eh, Amari yeah. Cooper, he's going to have one or two games that carry you, but I just don't uh-huh. think he's a reliable guy. Yeah, and when you've already so. got Julio, um, Julio didn't catch a pass or didn't catch a touchdown until week nine last year. Right. And but when I, he did catch a touchdown, he finally uncorked it and caught what he missed. He had after week nine, eight touchdowns. So a touchdown a week, except for one game as totally. he, he, he did bounce back. And Amari Cooper had six touchdowns after week nine, but he, neither of these guys caught a touchdown the first eight weeks of the season. Now, granted, Amari had an injury and he was getting traded. But mm-hmm. even after week nine, I look at Amari Cooper. He caught one touchdown in week nine, two in week 12, and three in week 14. That monster game, 49.7 yeah. points. Mm-hmm. But the dude only caught a touchdown in three games last season. So, you know, I I, I don't know, man. I, I just don't see enough touchdown production out of this team. And... Right. Yeah, there's there's Tell certainly me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong, Mason. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certainly some inconsistencies here. I think I think some of my ranking is definitely based on the strength of the owner. I think Connor's, you know, built a reputation for himself for being a savvy guy who makes good pickups, good trades. So I, I think that he can finagle his way into 
to a better position than his team is right now. But even then, I, I don't know. I don't I don't hate this team. I, I think it's like kind of a fringe team for me. Um, I think early he has Tyler Boyd. It's like depending on how AJ, how long AJ is out, like you get you get WR one value there for a few games. So I think he could certainly start off by ripping off a few wins. And then outside of that, like like you did say that I mean yeah he doesn't have one of the top running backs and that's like a, a negative mark against him. But but I think Julio like really showed the consistency that you're looking for at the end of last season and even before that like never really had a week under 15 points. Um, so there's there is consistency with with pop off potential. And then, and then I think I was kind of still agreeing with you until the news that I saw yesterday that Jay Gruden came out and said that Darius Geis is going to be the go-to guy. He's going to be three downs, you know, first, second, third, pass catching the whole nine yards. So I think like that's, I mean, yeah, the Redskins aren't going to be good, but like it's still like even when you know Todd Gurley, I'm not saying he is Todd Gurley, but I'm oh. saying that, like the one year that Todd Gurley was on a really bad offense, he still finished as, you know, running back, what, 16, 17. So, like, you, there is a path to, to value with Darius guys. And then beyond that, I mean, like, Chris Thompson, guy he's going to get value out of. And then I think also, like, there's been things out of camp about James Washington and Adam Humphreys that, that make me excited about his depth as well. So I think that he could, you know, parlay some of that into to, uh, shoring up his flex um, after A.J. Green comes back. All right, if Darius Geis is going to produce Todd Gurley numbers, then obviously I will sound like an idiot. But Well, I don't think he's going to be you know, <laughs> Todd Gurley two years ago or last year, but the, okay. the, the first or the whatever, I think it was like three years ago when yeah. the Rams were, what, four, like four and 12, and they just, yeah, I drafted just him, fed I him constantly. Him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's possible. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And, and I'll, I'll give you a little bit there. But I, I'm just not a fan of, of Geis, and maybe I'm wrong. But the thing I told Connor – you know, he was kind of like mentioning on the last pod that he was kind of confused why people seemed low on that pick. And even if the guy is uber talented, which he is, like he, he's very talented. He is on a bad team and with a bad quarterback. Uh, yeah, with a bad quarterback. And I think, you know, yeah, Jay Gruden came out and said he's going to get more time. Maybe the backfield isn't as crowded as it was originally appeared. But regardless, right. man, it's a bad team with a bad QB. It's a bad organization, dude. That's been, true. Washington sucked for a while, and I just don't see him being able to to carry this team the way that he needs to. So yeah, that's fair. We'll 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 see who's wrong on that one. But I think you know, I I, I just I can't bet against Connor. I look at every year, even when I think he has a bad team, he does well. So I'll sure. I'll sit on my my eighth ranking for him. All right, man. All right. Um, so moving on, um, we have uh, another guy that we're pretty close in ranking with. Um, I have him at seven. You have him at eight, and that's uh, Riley Hayes. Um, tell me, tell me about what uh, putting Riley on the fringe for you. Okay, I, I've got a, I've got a question for you here. Yeah, hit me. Tell me how many games this guy played last season. Three different players. Dalvin Cook. How many games did he play last year? Um, nine. That is actually correct. <laughs> yeah, give me that. Okay, uh, how many games did Fournette play fully last oh, season? Oh, gosh. Fully? I want to say it was like like four, wasn't it? It was something small. About six. Okay. When he wasn't getting hurt or punching people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he played about six full games last season. Odell, how many games did Odell play last season? Oh, that was like, that was like 11 or 12, wasn't it? Yeah, 11 games. Okay. So, a total, those guys... Um, missed 21 out of 48 games. Okay, Goodness. now that's pretty bad as it is. 
The season before, Dalvin Cook played in four of 16 games, mm-hmm. and Odell also played in four of 16 games. Yeah. So when the core of your team, on a good season, on a better season, misses 21 out of 48 games, mm-hmm. yikes. I mean, honestly, man, if this team uh, stays healthy, to me, they're way, way higher than number eight. I just mm-hmm. see the percentage chance of that happening at somewhere around 1%. I, I, I just can't imagine Dalvin, Fournette, and Odell all staying healthy. If they do, Riley's got a stacked team. Right. I just can't see it happening, and that's why I've kind of got him in the middle because, frankly, I don't think he will finish in the middle. I think he will either exceed expectations or will be a bottom feeder depending on the injuries. Yeah, but kind I, of a I, I just, guy. I can't, I, can't really, uh, I can't really put him either way because the talent's there, but the injury concern is just it's in a league of its own. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think he went with value for a lot of his picks because, I mean, Derrick Henry fell. I think Fournette fell. I think I don't think Cook fell. I think he got him where he wanted him. But, yeah, a lot of guys, you know, are, like, kind of traditional whipping posts or whipping boys, like, at their um, ADPs, and so they generally fall. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, my concerns are similar, and you think about, it, like, I mean, his quarterback's Cam Newton, like, the poster boy for injuries. Like, it's yeah. just, like, he's always questionable, always has something going on. And, yeah, I mean, like you said, like, you know, these guys could stay healthy. I think, like, you know, if if he's on the healthier side, yeah, he's got a playoff team. But but outside of that, like, that's that's where you that's where you're going to probably um, see some struggles is when he starts to fall off. The wheels start to fall off. And then I also I mean, I don't know, like Derrick Henry, like he had that amazing stretch at the end of the last season. Um, and over that stretch, let me let me double check this over that stretch. He played. Um, three of the four worst rushing defenses in the NFL. He had that amazing yeah. game against Jacksonville, which is like kudos to him. Great. But even then Jacksonville, you know, was a shell of its former self last year. Then yep. he had a good game against the giants and then Washington and then Indianapolis. And he was like, he was efficient in those games, but you know, he's not playing those defenses every week. And I think yep. that, you know, he'll struggle accordingly. And then outside of that, yeah, the 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 bench isn't deep. Um, I think we've seen limited things from Kiki Coutier. Um, and then what do you think about Michael Gallup? I can't really – I don't know what to think about that. Yeah, it, it's an interesting pick. I mean, I think the whole theme of Riley's team, we talked about this. Like, he's going for a championship, and at some point you got to start rolling the dice. It's what a lot of his picks are in my mind. Michael Gallup could be a guy who – exceeds expectations i think there's uh, a higher ceiling for him than maybe some of the guys that were taken around that pick i think he was picked like uh, 103rd maybe something like that um yeah gallup could turn into something he could not um he's not a starter so those are the kind of guys in my mind you want to be taking around that point in the draft um damian harris had some draft capital used on him maybe there's something going on there um oj howard is actually a pick that i really like mm-hmm. um he's another guy who boomer bust um bruce arians is gonna i think inject a lot of excitement into that offense. yeah yeah and i think he'll do good i like him yeah i think he'll be a great pick um but yeah man i, I every single one of these guys to me is just uh, a boomer bust player even curtis samuel i think that's got a high ceiling and like we just said I drafted Funchess. Brian and I drafted Funchess around the same time uh, of the draft as he took Samuel last year, and Funchess was miserable. So, yeah. So, yeah. you got to hope that, you know, a few of these guys hit. And chances are they're not all going to. 
but a few will. And that's right. probably why Riley's always got a, a rather solid squad. But yeah, yeah, man, I, I, I did nickname Riley's team the, uh, the glass bones and paper skin team. <laughs> Bob. So uh, if he can stay out of the hospital, then uh, yeah. I think he's yeah. got a solid squad. Derrick Henry didn't catch more than two passes in a single game last season. Yeah, you hate that. I mean, he's a flex still, but yeah, I mean, you want you want passes out of your your flex running back. Um, I, I honestly think that the best thing for Derrick Henry could be for Mariota to either get hurt or get benched early in the season and just kind of shake that team up a little bit because yeah. I, I feel like they're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole with him in yeah. that offense and. Uh, maybe things will change a bit, but yeah, Riley's team to me is one of the biggest question marks. That's right. Ranked where we do for sure. We'll, we'll move along. I think we're kind of running a little bit long. We'll try and maybe speed it up a little bit on, on some of the teams, but obviously I want to give everyone a fair shake. Um, moving to the next in our ranking is, um, a guy who's had some success in the past, but, um, uh, brings, uh, some question marks to his team this year. Um, and that's myself. I had me at seven and you had, uh, me at eight, kind of right on the fringe. Um, what's your what's your first analysis or take of my roster? Well, you know we need to move along, so we should probably go ahead and move on to number seven. That is uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I did. I named your team the uh, the New New England Patriots. You are the defending champ, and uh, I think in a lot of ways your team is built around a star. Um, it's not Brady for you. It's McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm still a little bit of a doubter um, that it's a, a a championship team and frankly that's what we do every year with the Patriots we're like yeah they're good you know they're not in a great division I'm sure they'll make the playoffs but like how long can this continue and I'm I'm kind of pissed because I feel like that's what's going to happen with your team again is I'm kind of doubting you a little bit and you're going to have another championship caliber team I'm a lot higher on your team than I think I was right after the draft mm-hmm. uh, yeah, dude. Obviously, Melvin is still. Uh, yeah, he's, he's your hinge. Um, it's it's gonna be uh, a lot's gonna fall on whether he plays football this season and if he mm-hmm. does playing for. It. But outside of that, man, your your starting lineup is pretty dang solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there's you know, I I still don't really love Kenyon Drake. I think you know he's like kind of like a guy that this season will maybe have a bit of a higher floor now that Adam Gase is gone. Like they're going to like the, the new head coach and the new play caller at um, Miami are both uh, Bill Belichick disciples. So I think like Kenyon Drake could very much have the James White role there. Yeah. Like not really, you know, anything to write home about, but like definitely catch some passes. There's yeah, certainly some question marks. Um, yeah. Watkins injury history, Gordon, who knows if he's going to play the whole season. Like, yeah, I don't think he's finished a complete season since like 2013. Um, and then, yeah, Melvin Gordon as well. It's like, um, I think my understanding of it, and this is something I like looked up on NFL's website and rules and stuff is that he has to report by week 11. Like he has to sign after week 10 and and be on the roster for six games, um, for him to accrue a season towards free agency. Um, so I like, that's like worst case scenario. And at that point it's like, you know, like, am I in the conversation? Am I not? If I am, then all of a sudden I, I could have an RB one on my hands. If he, if he goes back to his original role, but you know, I mean, I could also basically just have burned like a top five draft pick on somebody who barely gives me any value at all. Yeah, man. It, it, to me, if you're playing McCaffrey and Melvin and, and you know, we could say it's a rusty Melvin or you could say it's Melvin Gordon coming in with fresh legs 
uh, with the Chargers team who's probably going to be pushing for a playoff spot and could just be feeding him and feeding him and feeding him. That is that's scary. And, and frankly, yeah. that's what the Pats do, man. They, they constantly bring somebody in at the last second who ends up being a crucial piece to their championship run. So, yeah, man, I, I, I'm actually I'm a pretty big fan of your team. Even as I'm looking at it now, I, I probably would have you ranked a little higher. Um, mm-hmm. I think, obviously, Kelsey, um, he's a stud, man. And yeah. as long as he can kind of continue what he had last year, Robert Woods is a very consistent piece. Um, I'm not as high on Sammy Watkins, but you know, um, it's fair. Well, yeah. I mean, it's fair. I think it's just, he's, he hasn't finished a season healthy in forever, but totally. before he got hurt last year, he actually had only two less targets than, um, freaking, totally. uh, what's his name? Oh my gosh. Tyreek. Starting more receiver with the chiefs. Yeah. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Tyreek. <laughs> yeah. He had two less targets than Tyreek. So, I mean, like yeah. it's just, you know, question mark for health. And then on the bench, I like MVS. He's currently listed as the yeah. starter on the Packers uh, depth chart. But yeah, I mean, you know, could go either way for me. I think I'm kind of in the same boat as Riley, you know, a team that could really, really put in a stinker or, you know, one that could fly. So, yep. yeah, I, uh, I'm i also, what I would say, kind of taking a look at this is um, the Cowboys start the season off against the Giants, the Redskins, and the Dolphins. Those are three pretty pitiful defenses. <laughs> And Dak, I think, could have a really hot start to the season. So without Melvin, I think what you're looking at is you need, for those first couple weeks, guys to, to play at the top of their game. Dak has a schedule that can make that happen. Sammy Watkins is healthy, like you just said. Kenyon Drake appears to be not as challenged by Kalen Balazs as some would have thought. So I do see that you've got some pieces that can help you sustain the, the season until Melvin is back. Right, right. Yeah, we'll move on um, to probably our biggest contention of Definitely. the draft um, of our rankings. And that's um, uh, a guy who has had a lot of success and continues to um, just like takes his guys where he wants them and does well. And that's John Thompson. I think uh, you had him as high as number three. And then yep. I had him missing the playoffs at number, number 10. 10. Um, so, yeah, tell me tell me why you love John Thompson. Okay. I am a John Thompson stan. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> Since Miss Carlin's kindergarten class, John's been been my boy, and I love his team, man. I'm calling him the Popeye's chicken sandwich team. It's trending up. But uh, the one worry I do have about John's team, and I'm sure you will, you will hammer this point in, is that um, there's already some question marks popping up a little bit. But the hype is there in my mind. Uh, Deshaun Watson – especially with uh, the Tunsil trade coming in, bolstering the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're putting the, that franchise squarely in his hands. I think he, he can compete with Mahomes for the, the QB1 spot this year. Kamara, I think, will be the highest scoring player this season in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you got a guy like that who um, can uh, – we've talked about this with some of our lower-ranked teams. They lack a guy who can carry them to a championship. Right. Kamara is that guy in my mind. So yeah, for sure. got that major piece. But the, the thing that I think is really interesting when I, when I take a look at this roster is it uh, is a lot of guys who are trending up, but have pretty considerable question marks. Or I guess what I'd say is he, he drafted them at positions that I would say, yeah, that's fair. That's, that's good value, mm-hmm. but they've never quite played to that capacity. Mm-hmm. So Kerryon Johnson, Calvin Ridley, Dallas Goddard, these are all guys, even Allen Robinson, Daryl mm-hmm. Henderson in a way. Every one of these picks, 
are guys who I'm like, yeah, that was a good pick. I had them. I I wrote their names down. And so, it's a lot of hype. It's a lot of hype. It is a lot, a lot of hype. Production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a hype team. Yeah. But I believe the hype. Tell me why you don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I believe definitely some of the hype, um, just not all of it, or as much as as much as you do. Um, obviously, Kamara, you know, one of the best pieces in the league. And then I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to be top three quarterback. Maybe he won't do it very efficiently, but he'll he'll run. He'll he'll make his way. Um, but then, man, I I don't know. I there's just like there's a lot of question marks for me. Um, and even some outright dislikes. Like you look at, you know, um, Stefan Diggs, this is WR1. Let me, let me read you Stefan Diggs's line over just like a random eight game sample. Um, let's go 14.1, 35, then five, then 23, 21, then seven, then 10, then 27, then zero. So what that tells me is like the weeks that Stefan Diggs does super well, like he's, you know, gonna, gonna win. But then the weeks he doesn't, like those, those, the whatever, 10.7 point weeks, like he's probably going to lose. And what we value in this, in this game is, uh, is consistency. Um, I think Calvin Ridley is much the same as Stefan Diggs. You know, he's going to catch his 80 yard bombs or whatever and and score. Um, And then beyond that, like, I mean, man, like, I'm just not convinced that Mitch Trubisky has it. And so I think that Allen Robinson is a worry for me. Um, and then beyond that too, I just like, I streamed tight end one year and it, I'll never do it again. I hated it so much. (laughs) It was so hard to predict where points would come from. Like the experts say it's a viable strategy, but I just, I I don't think it is. And so those are what four problem positions out of, out of his seven starters. Um, and so that's why I'm a little bit lower on him. That's fair. That's fair. I think, uh, yeah, you're right. Diggs is a bit inconsistent, but in those weeks where he hits high, you pair that with somebody like Kamara, and right. I don't see him losing the games where Diggs is an explosive player. So I agree, I agree, hundred percent. But I think that like the sample size I gave you, if you look over the entire season, it, it was pretty much a game on, a game off for Diggs. And so like half his games, he's getting seven points out of his WR one, and then half his games, he's gonna win because his WR one is scoring twenty nine or whatever. So that's yeah, true. I, I will say this, uh, Mason. Do you know since two thousand four? How many Lions running backs have hit over a thousand yards in a season since 2004? They talk about this all the time, and I want to say I can't remember. Is it one? It is one. It was Reggie Bush in 2013. Jeez. So in the last 15 years, since we were like nine or ten years old, only one Lions running back has rushed for over a thousand yards. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be Amir Abdullah. It was supposed to be a hundred other guys. Right. Not supposed to be carry on. Frankly, I think he can do it, but the odds yeah. are stacked against him. It's fair, yeah. I think it's going to be a you know slinging off, slinging offense and and one that you know they're going to be behind a lot. And I don't know. We'll yeah. see what happens, but I, I think the Lions are a bit of a worry for me. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Pod buddy. Player. It's fair. It's fair. I can't. I can't. But you know, it's pretty sad when the best team in Detroit sports, pretty considerably, is the Lions. That's when you know things are rough. It's been a, yeah. been a pretty tough year for the Red Wings, the Pistons, and uh, and the Tigers. But uh, <laughs> it's pretty tough. Yeah. Well, well. Speaking of Detroit sports and and lovers of, we'll move on to our next uh, next uh, entry, and this is one that we have perfect agreement on. We both have them ranked at number six, and that's you and our our good friend Ryan Long. Um, why don't you tell me why you had you guys in the playoffs, the first playoff team that we're talking about? 
yeah, I actually I had ranked this a little bit lower. Um, I think before some of the the shakeups, I had Steph ranked um, above Ryan and I before some of the cuts and everything took place. But uh, yeah, I've got to slot it in at number six. Um, I am obviously. <laughs> Uh, you would hope you'd be a fan of the guy you take number two overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just, I'm on the Nick Chubb hype train. Yeah. Insert that soundboard. Once we're a big time podcast, Mason, we're going to have the little sound effects and uh, we'll insert a, a hype train noise here because I'm, I'm on the Nick <laughs> Chubb hype train. I think he's going to be a beast. I yeah. Think after we get tons first... of sponsors and ads and we're making hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's right. Sponsor us someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Nick Chubb is going to be a beast for the first eight weeks of the season. Um, he's got the talent. He's got the opportunity. I think it's both there. Um, again, I, Mahomes is the kind of guy who, um, you know, we got him not in the second round of the draft last year. We got him uh, in the last round of the draft. But I think he's a guy who has what it takes to, to carry your team as well as Chubb. And I think Hopkins also has that kind of talent. So... The rest of our team has some question marks. Um, our RB2 right now um, between Sanders and um, Brita, a bit of a question mark there. Godwin is on the hype train, similar to John. I think um, he's got a lot of hype but hasn't proven it as much. Um, but if he does, man, if, if either Miles Sanders or Godwin can can live up to the hype, then I think we've got a, a real solid team. And then AJ Green comes back after three, four weeks. Um, that's that's what gets me excited. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what, I mean, it hinges on for me too is AJ Green's return. It's kind of funny saying that, you know, like your impact player is going to be AJ Green. But I think he really fell in drafts. Like people just started hating on the Bengals. But like, let me read you his stats from the, the weeks before he got injured please, last year. Please speak yes. it to me. 19. <laughs> 29, 10, 17, 17, 15, 18, 18. He's going to be your flex. And yep. if you're getting that out of your flex, you're in a good spot. Like that yeah. is consistency. And like, yeah, that's just like, I mean, who knows how long he's going to be out. But for me, the things that I've seen, it's no longer than like three or four weeks. Um, maybe a little bit longer than that. But I think, you know, like up until then, you might get a little bit beat up. But once you get him back, you guys are going to take off and I think kind of ride a hot streak to the end. Um, obviously, I love Mahomes. I mean, the man could regress and still finish number one quarterback by a mile. Um, I like Chubb as well. The Browns are going to be very good. And I think Chubb's going to be a beneficiary of that. Um, Godwin, I kind of waffle on, but all all uh, signs point to Bruce Arians airing it out there. They'll probably be trailing a lot. And so I Please. think that, you know, Tampa Bay is an offense that probably has the ability to support two fantasy, like quite relevant wide receivers. And then I think you guys got a, like a decent steal with Austin Hooper. I don't think, you know, he's going to like blow the top off of any defense or anything like that. But he was still tight in what, seven, six, six, six last year. And you guys got yeah. him late. And so, yeah. I mean, I think that those are those are building blocks for a solid team. And I think that, you know, as long as, you know, um, Larry Fitz just putzes along with his like, <laughs> you know, 10 points, nine points a week in your flex until A.J. Green gets back. I think you guys could, you know, go about 500. And then when A.J. Green gets back, you guys are going to fly. Yeah, that's that's the hope for sure. Uh, if we got A.J. Green at flex and we hit on even one of Brita, Miles Sanders or um, Devin Singletary, I think Singletary obviously is one of the guys who the hype has um, risen quite a bit after cut day. If one of those Don't. three guys can hit. Don't I'm give excited. me the Devin Singletary talk. No, you know how at. I feel about Devin you know how Singletary. I feel about it. So we'll just have, 
See how it shakes out, Mason. Oh, gross. I Hot just don't table. want any part of the Buffalo offense. See that stock. Uh, All right, man. Number fair. five. Who we got? Um, number five is a guy we have a little bit of disagreement on. Not so much a number of spots, but just, you know, in or out of the playoffs. And that's uh, Chase Darst. Um, he's a guy that, you know, like has struggled a bit in the past. Maybe had some playoff teams lost early. Um, I have him at five and you have him at seven. So, uh, Jake Nagy, tell me why you hate Chase Darst. <laughs> I mean, number seven is like still not a bad ranking. I don't, I don't hate this team at all. For um, sure. But you know, I'll beat the drum again. I, I don't necessarily think that it's a championship team, which is why I had him ranked as squarely in the middle as I could, right around number seven. Um, I, I said before, not a big fan of Josh Jacobs. Um, I think that he'll be solid. Um, but that's probably one of the places we most disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Tyreek obviously is if, you know, he's on the field and, um, stays healthy and although they're off the field, um, issues going on with him, if he, if he can produce, that's a great pick. Um, I actually, I think the guy I like most is probably Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I think he's poised for a good season, healthy mm-hmm. wins. He finished the season with 17, 24, 11, and 16. That's a very solid, uh, I think. A uh, guy to have slotting in a wide receiver two and yeah. Ertz uh, to pair him. You're going to get most of Philly's touchdowns. That's a good offense. Yeah, um, yeah man. Yeah. I, I think overall Latavius Murray and LaShawn McCoy, I, I guess if you don't like Singletary, then you really don't like Shady. But uh, Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. What am I saying? No, no, yeah. on Kansas City. Uh, yeah, he's still got the wrong logo. He's still yeah. got Phil's uniform on. So. That's, right. That's right. Yeah, tell me tell me what you what, what put you in uh, – put what – Oh, goodness. Mason, why is Chase a playoff team? Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I think the biggest difference in our estimation of his team, I think I would echo most of what you said. Like, the biggest difference, though, is how we see Josh Jacobs. I think that, um, for me, I didn't really know how to think about him until Connor kind of talked me into it, and I listened to a little bit of his analysis on it. You look at John Gruden, he's always been a one-back guy. He gives it to a dude, gives it for first, second, and third down. And, like, I don't know much about Josh Jacobs, you know, if he's, like, actually a good football player or not. But I think you and I are both of the opinion that it's more about your offense than it is about the running back. And while, like, I don't think the Raiders are going to, like, you know, be the Chiefs or anything like that, they'll be serviceable. They'll be fine. I mean, Derek Carr, not too long ago, was a quarterback who led a team to 13-3. and three. And I think that, you know, Josh Jacobs is going to get all of the volume in an offense that will score a reasonable amount. And so I think that for me is like it puts him puts him in the top 14 for me. And that's that's enough to be an RB one. I don't know if he's going to be a stud, but I think that that's like where our difference lies in in the playoffs. Um, And I also like Latavius Murray. I mean, he's a guy that was being drafted essentially as a backup. But like you look at what they did with Mark Ingram while Kamara is there. And Sean Payton has already been quoted as saying that Kamara's role is not going to change. So Latavius Murray is going to get the Ingram role. And that was enough for a guy to be a flex or even an RB2. And so I think that he's got like, you know, solid pieces on talented offenses. And I think this is the year that Chase kind of finally shakes the monkey off his back and and kind of – Makes his shot at the championship. Yeah, I think Latavius is a good pick. We, we we drafted Mark Ingram last year, Ryan and I, even though he was suspended for like the first three or four weeks, to slot in at our RB2, and we picked him like three or four rounds higher than he got Latavius at. So right. if he's going to slot into that role, I think that is a really good pick. I'll say this. 
the the nickname I gave the Chase's team was uh, the Chip and John Gaines team, the Fixer Upper <laughs> team, in honor of his 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 new Texas roots. Yes. Um, he's got some good pieces, but it needs some work. Here's the problem: Chase never texts back about trades. I think this oh, team is yeah. a or two away from being a really good team, yeah. but he probably won't make the move. So. Yep. Got to make a move. It's been it's been shown before. The research shows that you don't want to trade a ton, but if you don't trade at all, you're probably not going to address needs. So that's that's fair. We'll see if Chase can break that mold, though. This Any other true. thoughts before we move on? I think we're good, man. As we move into the top four teams, we will yeah, be talking top about four. teams Here that we go. Are, are much more open to trade and make moves, and yeah. I think these are all pretty savvy owners. So at number four uh, is Mr. Jacob Davis. Tell us a little bit about this squad, Mason. Yeah, I think we both like him. We're, we're not far off on our rankings. I think I have him at three. You have him at four. Um, but just a just a good owner here. I mean, he, he can consistently turns in things, to, turns in good seasons. I think, like, also our league has shown just because of the way keepers work and the way draft works is that if you have a good keeper and then get a top four pick, you're going to walk away with a good team, period. So the product of that is Michael Thomas and Le'Veon Bell. And, and say what you want about Bell. If he's not going to be as efficient, he's certainly going to have the opportunity and so you're going to see, I think, like a lot of value from Bell there. Maybe not value, but I think he's just going to be good flat out. Um, I I am a huge tight end apologist, and so I think that having George Kittle is something that I'm really excited for him yeah. about. Um, and then beyond that, I think Mike Williams takes a step up, scores some touchdowns. Maybe he's not super consistent, but I think that, you know, there's there's volume for me. You know how I feel about Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think also Sonny Michelle is a great RB2 when you're comparing yeah. him to guys like, I don't know, what, David Montgomery or Royce Freeman that are other people's RB2s. Um, only worry here, um, I don't know, is probably flex. What are, you, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, dude. Um, I obviously am a big fan of this team because I tried to draft half these guys and Jake. <laughs> Sounds like you guys were right all of... reading the same uh, same articles. Yeah, my nickname for him was the uh, podcast dream team, and I think that's because we were listening to the same podcast. We liked a lot <laughs> of the same guys. But yeah, he just kept snatching guys right out of Ryan and I's fingers, which is fair because I think we did the same to him a couple of times. But yeah, I, I, I think Lev is obviously um, – he's going to produce period. So is Michael Thomas, Sonny Michelle to me is probably my favorite pick on this team. That's somebody we were trying to snag. And um, he was an absolute monster in the playoffs. And at the end of last season, if he can keep that rolling, I think, uh, yeah, I think he's got one of the better RB twos uh, in the league. And like you said, with, with Kittle, if you, if you weren't looking at tight end, like I'm just kind of hovering my thumb over <laughs> the tight end position on Jake's team as I'm looking at it. I'm like, yeah, this is a really good team. He probably he probably waited to the last round to get a keeper. And then to have a guy like George Kittle, I think after the top three, it's just question mark after question mark. Yeah. Um, and I think he's got a really solid team outside of tight end to then have Kittle come in. That's some fantastic value. So yeah. that's yeah. a really good team, man. Goff, if Goff can be first half of the season Goff, then uh, – then yeah, I think he he can. Uh, yeah, we've got a contender on our hands if, if that happens. I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he could still even stream quarterbacks, and I'd still like the team. Little little weak at flex. Don't really like Penny, but you know, Agreed. Davis. I mean, he usually makes a good trade or two, so yeah, I could see I him think, shoring that up. I think Geronimo Allison could also. If 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 MVS is disappointing for you, it's probably because Geronimo Allison's having a good season. Right. And and I, I think there's a very real world where they both produce too. I mean, the yeah. the Packers have supported three wide receivers before, and they could do it again. 
moving on to uh, number four, um, guy number that three. you have. Oh, number three. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so right. Um, you guy, you have a number two. I have a number three. We both really like the team. Um, I think this could be a a, a banner year for this owner. Um, not been this high so far yet, and that's Madison Ladder. Um, talk to me about him. Oh, Madison Ladder. I have nicknamed the tightrope team because he is well balanced. Mm. Crickets. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. Dude, I. I more than any other team probably struggle to find a weak spot here. Um, you know, I think looking at the roster, there's there's probably nobody that I I really dislike. And that's that's saying something in a 14 team league where everybody does their homework, we're all good owners. For him to have value at every single pick. First of all, kudos to to Hayden for drafting well for, yep, for Madison. Gotta give Hayden a shout out for talking about Madison. That's right. But Madison did his homework and prepped him well. And yeah, yeah man, I think I think Rogers is is a stud. He when healthy has never not been a top two quarterback. I mean that's that's wild as far as fantasy goes. He's he's yeah, that's consistent. David Johnson, um, I think in a lot of ways is probably gonna be a hinge player here. Um if you need him to be a star for your team at Texas tech, uh, Kingsbury passed the ball on 65% of plays. Only two NFL offenses have that stat line last season. So to me, it's a matter of it's David Johnson going to get the ball enough to produce at the level he needs to win a championship. If he does, man, this team is stacked. If he doesn't, then I could see him falling just short. Mm -hmm. Juju Cooper cup frick, man. I'm, I'm a big Cooper cup guy. Delaney Walker. If he can stay healthy is good. Landry and the flex. That's yeah. That's one of the better flexes in the league, in my opinion, for sure. sure. And he's got golden Tate coming back from suspension at some point who is probably also not a bad, bad flex guy. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just very little to complain about with this team. Right. Yeah. It's good. I mean, he's not super deep, but like really who is in a 14 team league. And he's still, like you said, got Golden Tate at some point. Like, surely he'll be at least, like, halfway decent because the Giants are going to have to throw a lot. But, yeah, I mean, you said it all. I really like James White a whole lot. Like, I think that's a great RB2. He is, like, one of the only guys in the past who seems immune to the Patriots running back carousel. They just continue to like him, continue to feed him passes. I mean, he was... He was, what, running back number seven last year, Jake? Like, that's incredible. And I don't think, you know, he's that again this year, but he's something. And and Tom Brady is dinking and dunking more than ever, as we know. Um, I've already sure. talked about Jarvis Landry. I was like, I for, I completely forgot. It's just like, oh, yeah, you know, Jarvis Landry, just like a, a giant target monster. I'm probably going to be one of the better offenses in the league, and he's Madison's flex. Like, I think this is this is certainly a team with some championship pedigree. And the only worry is Delaney Walker, really. But, like, I mean, he's still solid. He just has to stay healthy. I think that could be something that derails this team. But other than that, I, I, yeah, it is, it's a contender for me, and, and he did a great job. Yeah, he's got a rookie tight end and a tight end who I wasn't sure was still alive, but he is, and he's slotted into his lineup, Delaney Walker. Uh, we'll see see if he can produce. I would say that, that the other thing I could really imagine pushing Madison to championship contention is a healthy Cooper Cup late in the season. Mm-hmm. This guy, over the first five weeks of the season, put up 17, 12, 16, 37, and 21. He was wide receiver two through five weeks, dude. Yeah, uh, certainly uh, very good. It's some good numbers on an offense that will remain great. Um, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah, it's true. I, I would agree with that. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, we'll get up to number two, um, a name that we all know and love, one of the most active owners in the league, um, and that is uh, Alex Lott. I have him at one, at number one. He's a team that I like the most, and you have him at number four. Um, Tell me why you're a little bit lower on him, but still see him as a playoff team. Yeah, I know Alex has been listening to this just giddy every time we read off a name and it's not his (laughs) team. I can just imagine the smile on his face right now as he hears that he's the number two team. It's true, yeah. Yeah, um, I am. I'm a big fan of Alex, and honestly, I could have him as high as number one. Um, but again, somebody like Tony Pollard, um, who would probably have me... If, if Tony Pollard was going to play three or four weeks, I, he'd probably be my number one team, but I think that that opportunity is slipping away pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But as I look at his team, even regardless of all of his guys, Justin Jackson, Tony Pollard, Malcolm Brown, all these dudes, his like bank on them guys are top-notch. Mm-hmm. Um, really slipping as far as he did, I, we both said this, it, it seems kind of crazy to me. I mean, the guy has been in a league of his own over the last two seasons. And Alex slots him in with Antonio Brown, who has yeah. consistently been in a league of his own in a lot of ways at wide receiver. I mean, mm-hmm. for goodness sakes, these guys were dominating fantasy football in 2017 and 2018, not in 2012, okay? So yeah. th- these guys aren't ancient. They're, they're still studs. Mm-hmm. Aaron Jones, to me, is a huge hinge guy. Um, if he's able to have the opportunity that matches his talent, man, that is a lethal one-two combo with Gurley and Jones. It really is. There's already some worry there that um, that Jones is going to get the opportunity that he really deserves. So that's probably why I don't have him as high as number one. I'm a big fan of Didi, big fan of Ingram. Jones is a great flex guy. It's a really solid team, but I just, I don't, um, I don't know. If Jones can produce at the level he's capable of, yeah, probably is. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't see that it's going to happen. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and and looking at this team, you know, I'm I'm I think I'm really high on it. But like as you're saying those things about Jones as well, and just like looking at Maddie's team a second ago, I think mm-hmm. I might even be like reformulating my opinion now about who I think is number one. Still love Alex's team. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think like for me, what I really liked and made me rank him number one when I was sitting down to to look at things was the just the Todd Antonio Brown combo. It's like I think that the the Todd injury talk is just overblown and I think that the comments about his knee and stuff like while there might be a real like issue for that like as carries accumulate as they get into the playoffs maybe I think he's gonna be you know maybe not last year Todd but I think he's a top five guy easy and then you have a receiver who's probably gonna be a top five guy and then I think like you know um, Evan Ingram another like guy I think like I really like that that value at his position love Didi question marks for me here though are kyler murray um i don't really think that that he's going to be very good i think everyone kind of like freaked out a little bit because of how good mahomes was last year and so they like all jumped on the next like possible like mahomes comparison they could think of and so i think he'll probably end up honestly dropping kyler murray and like but there's there's options on the quarterback like they're on the waiver wire um love is depth and then i'm a huge aaron jones apologist um and we'll see you know does he get the the opportunity if he does i think this is a championship team if not then he's certainly playoff still yeah i uh i think the one concern you're kind of hitting on this a little bit but even thinking about kyler's situation outside of Gurley and jones so his qb his wide receivers his tight end his flex the teams they play for are arizona oakland jacksonville 
New York Giants, and Detroit. Are any of those high-powered offenses? No, not very. Not very. No, they're not. So I think each of those guys are probably the top weapon in a lot of ways on their team, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Marvin Jones may not be the top weapon in Detroit, but honestly, he could be in certain games. So, you know, these are are good guys on not great offenses. So to me, the question is, are they going to get the opportunities? Uh, Are they going to be covered wildly through most of the season? We'll have to see, but... Yeah, I like Alex's team. Um, I'm actually, you know, I can see what you're saying about Kyler, but uh, this is, I think there's, a, again, a difference between fantasy football and just NFL football. Uh-huh. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be a great team, but I think that, you know, Kingsbury, Arizona literally hired a coach and drafted this guy specifically for each other. Uh-huh. So the entire organization is wrapped around Kyler. I could see him putting up some good fantasy numbers. They they didn't invest that much in him for for nothing. So it's fair. Yeah, fair. that'll yeah, be. I, that'll I think I think there's relevance there. Uh, maybe maybe dropping him was a bit was a bit harsh. Um, but yeah, I I'd still stand by my statement that he's not going to be Alex's starting quarterback, like by week four. So, um, but yeah, I mean I think that like you know as we're talking about this, I'm reformulating my opinion. I'll probably like. Honestly, in my my rankings, drop Alex a couple spots, move Madison oh. up because I really love that team, and I think that leads us to the final team, and that would be a team that we now both have number one, yep. um, and that is Trinerbs and Hunter Trinerman. Talk to me why you think they're the champion. Well, you know, I was so hyped on this team during our last pod. We were supposed to give other hot takes, and I just immediately launched into my spiel about how Trey Hunter were the best team. <laughs> and I've, I've changed some opinions, and as, as things have died down, my, my hype of them has not, um, specifically with the news coming through that, um, that Zeke is, is probably going to get paid and be in week one. Uh, man. James Conner and Ezekiel Elliott as a running back combo in a 14-team league is just stupid. I mean, it's terrifying. It really is. And uh, in a league where so many of us are just dying to have one good running back, they have easily two of the top five, six, seven running backs in the league. That's a championship for success. It's as simple as that. And they built a good team around him. I think Cooks is he's incredibly talented he's got a good opportunity on a good offense in LA he's finally on the same team for more than one season so mm-hmm. he can build some consistency with golf uh Lockett is somebody we've kind of gone back and forth a little bit but man I mean he was efficient last year if he can get a little bit more targets I know Seattle doesn't throw a lot but I think he's a pretty solid wide receiver too mm-hmm. um tight end was a big question mark for them it kind of ticks me off a little bit that Kyle Rudolph was picked up off of waivers um he was tight end seven last year and nobody even drafted him like come on yeah guys, make it this easy for for Trenton Hunter right exactly uh, and Matt Ryan was QB too man I mean it just this whole team is just is lethal they've got the Rams defense the Chargers kicker uh, yeah I, I I don't know how anyone could convince me this isn't a, a championship caliber team yeah yeah I mean it's pretty good it's a yeah I I can echo all your statements. Um, I think I'll also say that, like, you you mentioned maybe Tyler Lockett as a question mark, but I think, like, I I can't remember a year that Russell Wilson has been in the league that they haven't supported a top 25 wide receiver, and he's going to be the number one guy. And so, yeah, like, he's probably not going to continue that insane touchdown streak he had last year, but, like, even in a run-first offense, he's, like, still, I think, startable every week. 
Yep. And then especially with the the um, news about Lamar Miller, like Duke Johnson is a fantastic flex. Yeah. He's going to catch passes in a high-powered offense and probably get like goal line touches and stuff too. He's not going to be an every down guy, but like, I think that you're going to like why you, you got him, which is for the, the pass catching. And it's definitely there, but yeah, James Connor, Zeke, like that's terrifying. I just don't want to play this team ever. Yep. Um, and yes, yeah, yes, he plays in week one. You? Yes. <laughs> so, so you're sweating bullets, hoping that Zeke doesn't sign. Yeah, I hope his plane from Cabo or wherever he's been partying all pre-stall uh, off season doesn't doesn't make it to Dallas in time. But uh, yeah, 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 dude, whatever. He'll this be is there. How, this is how good this team is. I'm gonna read a stat line to a player for you, okay? Okay. This guy in the first seven weeks of the season put up 29, 13, 18, 11, 16, 24, and 27. That is Emmanuel Sanders. He's on their bench. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Like, I think there's a little bit worry. I I wanted to to point this out, too, because I'm so so I'm so glad you said that. There's a little worry that like Joe Flacco hasn't supported a what a like actually viable fantasy wide receiver in years. But like Emmanuel Sanders is a different breed. And like, yeah, he was so good last year. I don't think that he's that good this year. But even if there is some trouble with Tyler Lockett, it's like, oh, I'll just slot in another guy that could be a top 20 wide receiver. That's fine. Yeah, it's dumb, dude. It's dumb. I need to have a word with whoever made this schedule. So, yeah, yeah, it certainly wasn't me. (laughs) Certainly wasn't. I think it was my my vice commissioner, actually. I'll have a word on Alex, too. Yeah, who might be raging at this point because I literally moved him down in my rankings <laughs> during the his, actual preseason pod. His smile that just was bursting with joy has just turned into <laughs> the Arthur meme, clenched fist, pure. pure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's still high up there, and I think he's got a great team. Um, so, yeah, those are the rankings. Um, yeah, Trent and Hunter, Hunter winning, and I think we're both in agreement that they're the powerhouse, but as we know, anything could happen, and glaring weakness is they don't have the handcuffs of Zeke yep. and James Conner. So any injury yep. could derail the season there. If those injuries could come in week one, prayers up to those two, but I would not be super bummed about it. Yeah, yeah. I can't wish for uh, people to get injured, Jig Nagy, because okay. that means you guys are going to now lose week one because the fantasy yeah. gods hate that. That's fair. That's fair. Let's uh, let's recap real quick, starting from number 14, going to number one. Number 14 is Jackson Humphrey. 13, Stefan Albiero. Number 12, Andrew Fry. Number 11, Jacob and Zach. Number 10, Connor Paws. Number 9, Riley Hayes. Number 8, Mason Paws, defending champ. Number 7, the hotly debated John Thompson squad just outside playoff contention. Number six is Ryan and myself. Number five, Chase Darst. Number four, Jake Davis. Number three, Madison Ladder. Number two, Alex. Maybe those two are flopped. And number one, Trent and Hunter. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we have. Do you have any other final wrap-up thoughts? I think we're good. You guys probably heard enough from us. Most of all, boys, just excited for another season of uh, Sunday's Finest Fantasy Football. It's going to be a great year, and may the best team win. Yeah, get stoked, boys. Can't wait for it. Um, We'll see you in two weeks when we have our next pod. Uh, Much love to you all, and peace out. Party like a Saturday.